I, one of the earliest diggers was a young kid named Robert Free, who was a runaway. He's an Indian from up in Seattle. And he very quickly became involved in every Native struggle of my lifetime. Wounded knee, the Nisqually fishing rights, the Mohawk battles. He's just an incredible guy. He's, I mean, he's a grandfather now, but he was 14 when we met him. And through him, I met a lot of people and got involved in a lot of stuff. And there was a point at which um, he brought this guy out. I knew him as Alec, and they needed to buy guns for Wounded Knee, and they needed some ID, and I helped him do that. And then two or three years later, I was in Hollywood, and I was in an agent's office, and he had a copy of this newspaper called Akwesasne Notes. And there was the story of this guy called Leonard Peltier. And I read it, and it was an obvious frame-up. I mean, the judge that convicted him wrote a letter to President Clinton begging for clemency for him. So I sent him some commissary money, which is what I do to friends who are in prison. You know, send them 50 bucks a month. They can buy food and toothpaste and stuff. And I get a letter back from this guy saying, hey, I knew a guy named Coyote once who had an old yellow Volkswagen and a blue-eyed dog, and I met him with... So it turns out that this guy, Alec, was Leonard Peltier. Mm. And he was Robert's bodyguard because Robert was taking the elders around he was the one that that received the suitcase of $60,000 when they took over the Justice Department to fly all the elders home. So we started corresponding, and I became one of his two non-white, uh, I mean, non-native advisors, me and Peter Matheson. And, um, you know, I did what I could. I used to go to Washington, talk to legislators and this and that. But he undercut a lot of stuff, too, because he was a convict. And he would make impulsive moves that just were counterproductive because he wanted some sense of agency. I understood it. So I'm still a supporter, but uh, there's not much I can do for him. The, the FBI really just wants him to die in prison. But I still speak. Last year, I was in Tulsa, did a concert uh, with Chris Christofferson and a bunch of country Western people. And they asked me to give a talk about Leonard. So, you know, the I mean... People talk about slavery as the original sin, but it's not. The genocide of Native people was the original sin. And somehow they get they get left out in the cold because we don't see them every day. You can't tell a Native American just by looking at them. You know, they don't wear buckskins and feathers, but you can tell an African-American by looking at them. So... You know that's it's a it's the it's the sec it's the first unrequited sin of America and slavery and racism is the second one, and I don't know I feel enough interdependence with these people that I feel that I just have to acknowledge the privileges that I've gotten. I'm only half white. My father's an Uzbek, but I get all the white privileges. I mean, I look like a white guy, you know. And so I don't have to worry whenever I go anywhere or do anything. Well, so what am I going to do with that freedom and that access? I've got to share it. I've got to try to be helpful, you know, in some way. So, so I don't know. It's something I've been involved in in a long time. It's you do what you can and you try not to make yourself crazy because there'll be much more that you can't do that you should do. And Peter Matheson said to try to do everything is actually a kind of violence to the self. Mm. 
And you have to set a kind of standard where you don't give up your calmness and you don't give up your center of balance by spreading yourself like peanut butter across the toast. When you're in a plane, they always tell you put on your mask first, then help the person next to you. So it's really important to take care of yourself.